Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. I'm your host, Matt Diaz, along with my co-host, Ernesto Santos. How are you doing today? Great, man. Back for another week of the, what do we call it? Quarantine Chronicles. And we have a very special guest with us this week, the Sonica Donke. How are you? I am so good. I'm so glad to see a face after so long of just social distancing with people. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. She's a local reporter here in Orlando, Florida, who we also work with. She's a close friend of ours. We're so we're just really excited to have to finally have you on, even if it's under these circumstances. I know this is exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. So as as we are all uh, staying at home, Ernesto, we I feel like we've started a trend now of like kind of filling filling each other in of what we've been doing. Uh, trying to pass the time away. So in this past week, and a little bit over a week now, uh, what what have you been doing to pass the time? Anything exciting? Anything new that you would have been doing if it was a normal? <laughs> normal? Well, actually, just with the kids being home, uh, right here in our local county, the schools, they now, you know, you can go pick up, you can pick up the kids' um, meals, and they give you the oh. set meals for a set couple days here in Orange County. And uh, it was just interesting. Like, my wife was, like, really excited to go. Because, you know, we're still working, but like she like she's working from home. She's strictly working from home. Right. And and even more so with her being pregnant, like we're having we're just we're really careful with her. So like she like almost never goes out. So she hasn't seen like other human beings in a really long time. So she was like really she was like she's like I got she's like I got my mask, I got my gloves. She's like, I'm ready. And she was just she was just telling me like what an experience it was. Like you just drive up, you tell them how many kids you have. They set it on a table and you can just go and get it. And they do the, you know, adhering to all the social distancing. It's just just interesting because, uh, I mean, who knows how long this new normal is going to last, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, with with us thinking about like our own. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, just thinking about like our, our wedding anniversary coming up, like, you know, we're not going to do anything. Like we might just order dinner. That's going to be like the highlight of our night, you know, and right. just given the circumstances of everything going on. Do you uh, obviously, you know, wedding anniversary is a big anniversary. So do you guys try to do something uh, like every year? Or is it normally just like low key and you, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like, is it a big deal to try to do something in the night of? Um, I mean, it depends on how you determine what's a big deal. Like, right, right. What, what might be a big deal to us might be nothing to somebody else or vice versa. Like, really, it's just about like, and it's not, it sounds so cheesy, but it's like literally just about the time we spent together. Like, we've been through so much. Like, I don't know. Like, really, at the end of the day, it's just about us. Like, yeah. She's like, it sounds so weird, but she, you know, she's like my best friend. Like, we just hang of out. Course. Just chill. Yeah. Oh, Ernesto, this is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting real talk right now. Real. This is what happens when you get locked down. You see that connection. Like, it's like I need to talk to other human beings. Yeah. <laughs> talk to little kids all day. So. <laughs> and is that you mean at work or at home? At home. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, so you were really setting him up for insulting both of us there, Matt. I know, right? I mean, for you, but Matt, for you, you know that's a given. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm aware of that. <laughs> uh, Sonica, what have you been doing in your, uh, you know, stay-at-home quarantine times? Oh, we've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about home projects. Oh. We haven't done any home projects. Oh. We've been watching YouTube videos of how to make, like, couches for the backyard or planters for the outside. We have no tools. 
So nothing is actually going to happen because everything's shut <laughs> down. But we are watching videos. But, you know, everyone's doing health projects these days. We just wanted to jump on board the train as best we could with no tools. And now so, you feel like you're a part. Now you feel like you're a part of it. Like I feel like we're a part of it. We are also dreaming about things to do to our house while everyone else is actually doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad way to look at it. It's like, oh, we could do this, but <laughs> we're not going to. Is there any? Is there anyone like that's really close that you're like, you know what? We might just do this tomorrow. Is there anyone that's close? Uh, yeah, I want to make like a reading bench in a part of our house. And that seems like a relatively easy project to handle for people who only have a handsaw and a couple of nails. <laughs> How long it'll last once one of us sits on it is a different story. But I think that's the project we're probably going to try and tackle first. I'll be interested to see the finished product. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you guys, would you say you guys are like natural born like builders? Do I? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Anything else you guys been doing to pass the time? Well, watching a lot of oh, everything. That's fair. Everything. Um, my TV is tired. <laughs> TV's like, enough. <laughs> Go I mean, <laughs> you know how you always get those warnings from Netflix? Like, are you still watching? Like, I see those warnings at least seven or eight times a day. Oh, wow. I feel like during quarantine, they should stop asking that question. Everyone is still watching. We have nowhere else to go. <laughs> Stop judging me, Netflix. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Hulu don't care. You'll be on another series by the time you wake up. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> like Hulu's like, you know, I know we know we finished, but here's here's another one we recommend for you. And like, wow, you guys are already in season two. You guys are on a roll right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a smart way to play it, especially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, so uh, I would I have a couple of experiences that I've witnessed this past week. It's been an interesting week so far during the, these quarantine times. But first, I want, Ernest, I want to uh, keep you updated on, because I know you were curious uh, that we, you know, Megan and I, we do evening walks mm -hmm. every, every day. And uh, we've we've got up to 22 cats on our cat count. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, bet, uh, I bet, at least you don't have any rats in your neighborhood, I bet. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I don't want to be counting rats. <laughs> I don't want That's, that at all. The alternative, I guess, isn't, isn't too bad. <laughs> Are these all stray cats, Matt? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they are. Yeah, we 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 go around this cul-de-sac and uh, around this one bend. It's like where there are these two these two places where the, the cats normally conjugate, and it's like between like this, these uh, these four houses, and then we turn around the bend. There's like one between these two houses, and we can uh, and we kind of see how many we can see. Now, funny enough, they're the neighbor within that four houses. They're like, I guess, a garage family because I feel like they're always at the garage every time we're walking by. So every time they see us, we're always pointing at a whole bunch of different places. And I feel like that they're like, these people are going to rob us one day. They just keep circling every single day and going to steal our shit. And that's not the case. No, we're just trying to count, count, count cats. <laughs> you counted 22 on one walk or you've counted 22 over the course of all your walks? No, no. One walk, 22. Uh, that that's the most we've gotten. Like today, for example, we did our, it was more of the afternoon. So I guess also the time of day we walk is as different number we get, but we walked around like one o'clock this afternoon and it was, uh, we only counted five cats. So I don't know where they're hiding today, but one walk, it's 22. That that's my life right now. Wow. <laughs> we, uh, it's, it's been a highlight, but there's an app that keeps track of our walk and there's a notes section in the app and we count how many cats we've seen. So that's kind of cool we, though. Yeah. 
some some and oh, I'm sorry, I, we all twenty two cats and four ducks. We count the ducks that hang out with the cats as well. So quite a little nature walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's part great. of the cat crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was uh, also during our walk we found people working out in interesting ways. Uh, I saw a guy. Uh, laying down on the ground. I guess he has like these uh, bungee cords. I guess, you know, he's uh, bringing it back and forth, but he hooked them underneath his car. So he's just laying down in his driveway. You mean resistance thought, bands? Yeah, probably, whatever. Those I was going to say that too, Ernesto. I <laughs> didn't like... show him up. <laughs> <laughs> he said bungee cords. <laughs> well, you clearly don't know what they are. <laughs> you can tell I exercise every day because <laughs> I know what these are. <laughs> Alright, we'll continue with yeah, this. Yes. So he's, story. <laughs> so he's uh so he's doing that. And then there's another guy that was like uh lifting weights as but instead of weights it was a cooler in his garage. And so I'm hoping that there's something in his cooler or else I don't think that would have been doing much to his workout regimen. Well, it depends. Yeah. Depends on how many reps he did. If he was but, on one or a thousand. <laughs> yeah, very true. You're so right. So I thought that was interesting. Also, uh, when we're walking by, someone had his, their garage open. And it feels really bad because I feel like we're just snooping on everybody as we're walking by, which is somewhat true. And people watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so there was this guy. We thought we, he was on the phone because he was like he, like talking very loudly on a treadmill. And then we realized that he was counting down. I was like, all right, guys, just a few more minutes. It's like, all right, we're going to count down five, four, three, two, one. And all right, now we can take a minute, breathe. So I think he was instructing a class. And I thought that was pretty interesting to take his, you know, to use his time to maybe, maybe uh, instruct the class, unless he was really talking to himself. So there's also that, uh, that we found in our walk. It's a very entertaining walk, for sure, but <laughs> by all means. Um, we also, yeah, seriously. And then we also, um, we, uh, I did something I haven't done in five years. Uh, I rode a bike the other day. Oh, nice. Wow. Look at you. I know. And you. Look at you. We uh, we called a place uh, uh, down by uh, the West Orange Trail, and we they were they were still open. They were still allowing to rent bikes, and so we went over there, and you know they were cleaning it and everything, and so rented a bike, and you know it, I was doing great for a while, and by a while I mean about two miles, and oh. then. <laughs> and then <laughs> I started gray. I'm like, oh, this is gray. You know, this is way better than walking and counting cats. I like this. I like this little stroll. And then, and then we we got to a point where I'm getting out of breath. You know, got got some water in me. And then you know, we keep going. And then we reached about six miles out from the, where we started. And then we had to reverse and start again. So from not being on the bike in five years, I did a 12 mile bike ride. It was I was struggling easily the last six miles for sure. <laughs> That's a great workout. You mean the entire yeah. way back you were struggling? <laughs> yeah. So basically the whole 10 miles I was. Yeah. Like, oh, you're like counting every mile. You're like three left. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half left. <laughs> Trust me, every time we stopped, uh, cause I'm like, Megan, we got to stop and look at my phone and see how far away we are. It's like, oh no, we still got three more miles to go. <laughs> It's like, Matt, we can't stop every 100 feet. <laughs> we got to go further. I'm calling an Uber. That's it. <laughs> were there a lot of bikes out there with you? Uh, there were more people walking than bikes, but there was like a decent amount of people. Well, not like a lot, but like uh, there was definitely a lot of people uh, exercising and walking the trail and, and going on bike rides. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was nice, especially, you know, being cooped up in the house all day and like riding a bike isn't like frowned upon or anything. So, uh, I, I enjoyed doing that and I, it feels like that we, we did something today and, you know, all jokes aside, you know, I had a good time. I mean, I was very tired, but I enjoyed riding the bike. So now Megan said we're bike people now. I'm glad so. that Megan's forcing you to work, to be active. <laughs> Actually, funny enough, the bike ride was my idea. Continuing it is her idea. <laughs> I'm thinking this is like a one and done situation, but no, that's not the case. You were wrong. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, we're lucky that we live in a warm enough area to where we can bike. So many others who are in quarantine and are being told to social distance live in these cold climates. So take advantage of it because we're one of the lucky ones. That's very true. Could be and worse. That, you're right. It could definitely be worse. I could have done the whole 22 mile trail. Uh, instead, luckily, we just got that sick. <laughs> Well, now you know. Now you know. Uh, and then I, I have a really interesting story to tell, uh, to tell you guys. This happened right in front of our, uh, in our patio. Uh, I was coming home and I saw this sign as I was approaching my door, and I walked around the apartment to get in front of the patio, and I saw this huge sign on the grass that said "Happy 20th Birthday, Katie." With an emoji like uh, like smile, and then there was another sign that like the company who put it there. And as you know, Ernesto, we live on the first floor, so as soon as you open the blinds in our apartment, there's this big ass sign that says "Happy Birthday, Katie." <laughs> and I'm like, uh, we're not Katie for yeah. sure. <laughs> so first, first thought was like, I really hope whoever put this here put it in the right area because the, if if you know, I would hate for them to waiting for like a response and then, you know, nothing happened because they put it in front of the wrong apartment. Uh, but so there was that. And so Megan was saying that there were people looking into our unit because they thought that we were Katie. And so we decided to put up a sign on our window that says not Katie. So people will be <laughs> not confused. And so we did that and we got a lot of laughs. And then uh, later in the day, we see uh, what I assume is Katie taking a photo in front of the sign and they saw that our sign was there. And so they laughed and, you know, we, we saw that happen. And then a few minutes later, we see her put a note on our patio. And, uh, so we go outside and it says, uh, I live on the third floor, Katie. And, and then we got our answer of who Katie was. Now, uh, the only thing I have to say with that is like, I'm very lucky. I did not go out there and and pick up the sign because trust me if i walked in a sign if i walked in the house with a piece of paper that says i live on the third floor katie that would not <laughs> that would not have ended well in this household for sure even worse if it was like a winky face or a smiley yeah. face or something there was a smiley face on it <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but megan went out and, and retrieved that letter so i did not have to deal with that but i just thought it was funny uh, but yeah, so it's been very active here for the last couple of days on what I've been seeing just around my neighborhood. A lot of cats, a lot of signs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I'm sure you've also been watching some TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's always <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a lot of uh, movie news to cover. 
uh, as as you know, with uh, the coronavirus happening, it's really affecting the movie industry. So we're just here to give you a little update on a couple of things. Uh, first off, you know, uh, Josh Gad, who's the voice of Olaf and Frozen and one of the animators of uh, from Disney, as I'm assuming well, maybe one of the animators of the movie as well. Uh, they started a cool little project called a at home with Olaf. And it's a daily new original shorts that they're producing of 20 different vignettes, more or less. And it's free to watch, and Disney has posted them on their social media channels, as well as uh, they launched a website called DisneyMagicMoments.com. And not only are that's where those shorts are going to be living, but they're also going to be in uh, – um, they're also going to have celebrities read books for, for children. I'm not sure if they're in their characters' uh, characters' voices or um, anything like that. I haven't watched any of them. But I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, Disney's launched this website, I guess, to give parents a relief and and to get people to, uh, you know, to watch these little things. They're doing something while we're all sit, sitting at home. Yeah. Uh, would, do you uh, – have you have you heard of that, Ernesto? What? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Uh, yes, heard? Matt. I heard okay. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Never mind. We're gonna move on. Yes. You guys edit these podcasts? No. Nope. Oh, great. We're, 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 going. <laughs> we're going right through. Uh, also, speaking of Disney, Bob Iger from Walt Disney, the president of Walt Disney, um, he announced that more movies could be moving into uh, Disney Plus, depending on how long this is going to last. We, we know that uh, Artemis Fowl and Onward were the, just the latest few to go directly into Disney+. Plus, But he says that he's open to the idea of putting more on there instead of pushing back release dates. Uh, do you think that – which which avenue do you think they should be taking this? Well, he's smart. He's smart to put – He's it's smart to put it out there because – I mean, think about in the old, like in the olden days, like when there were there were certain movies that would come out in the theaters, and there were certain movies that would just go like straight to DVD. Both straight to VHS. Yeah, Yeah, straight to VHS. But you know, they but they they were like a certain quality level to each kind of film. You know what I mean? Between a theater theatrical release and like a straight to DVD release. Some of them are great, but it's like they see like maybe the ones that weren't wouldn't have done so great in the theaters so like well maybe we'll just release those on disney plus so that everybody can watch them because right, right now i mean they already surpassed their um subscription subscription goal all right isn't that they just reported this month they hit they hit their um they hit their mark way earlier than they want than they expect oh yeah i think i could be wrong but i think it's 500 million subscribers that's that are subscribed to disney plus right now and i don't know what it was before uh you know we started in you know staying home but i'm sure that number has grown substantially since then uh sonica do you feel like you want to see more movies on disney plus or would you rather get them pushed back and see them in the theater i 100 percent agree with ernesto i think certain films could be pushed to disney plus and would actually maybe do even better and yeah. one of them i think black widow should just go on disney plus i wow. kind of agree i kind of agree like, I don't I don't have, no other Marvel movie. I think every other Marvel movie, I'd love seeing them in the theater. But for some reason, I just I feel like if Black Widow was on Disney Plus, I would feel fine sitting at home and watching Black Widow by myself. I I don't I agree with love, you in that. I would love to. I mean, granted, I would love to see it in Dolby, like in the theaters. But who knows when that's gonna happen? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all these other Marvel movies are getting postponed. So I I just I need one. And of yes. all the ones I care least about, I'm pretty sure it's Black Widow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one's. Am I the only person looking forward to this movie? I haven't heard of anyone else. 
I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. But I have, like, little to no expectations of this film. All right. But I mean, I've... But, it's, but I felt the same way about Thor, too. And Thor, the first Thor is really good. Like, I, when I first saw Thor, I was like, ah, whatever. It's, like, it'll, it's just another one. Like, like, I felt the same way. Maybe it'll be right. good. But I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> I guess, seriously. I mean, I, I know that uh, Onward did great on Disney+. Plus. I mean, they did have a theatrical release, a very short one, but it still had one nonetheless. And yeah. then uh, I, you know, heard nothing but great thing. The numbers were going up. People were subscribing. Um and, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, they have a smart they're doing a smart move. I think, uh, you know, just yesterday, actually, Artemis Fowl that they announced earlier, like uh, last week, that it was going to be directly to Disney Plus And it was supposed to be out on May 29th. They actually pushed it back by two weeks. So now that film will be released on June 12th instead of May 29th. And so maybe it was just work. It works out better to push it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, I think like that movie specifically, I think that's a smart move considering that now doing like a video on demand rental is different from having a subscription service like Disney Plus. But Trolls, for example, they just had a wide they had a, like a, a full digital release. They did, like a, they did like a watch party thing for it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, from what I read now, these are rumors because Universal and DreamWorks did not officially release the numbers. But it said that they made $50 million just on the video rentals alone. And that's the $20 rentals for a brand new movie. And so, like, for staying at home, that's really not that bad. No, no. it's not. No, it's not. I mean, they, but, they probably could have made – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I would say they probably could have made more in the theater because it was definitely yeah. – you know, it was a $100 million movie. And the first movie made about $150 million in the theater. So – I mean, but 50 million in in this state, that's that's a good recovery. I'm I'm a little concerned that these movies doing well with home rentals and that recent story about AMC likely going out of business. This is just going to build a case for like the movie theater business itself, like to go out to to go strictly to digit, you know, to go strictly to at home. Right. And I, I really hope that, you know, I think right now the, the more articles we're seeing is that AMC is one that's going to take the biggest hit. And, that, and possibly. Makes, that makes me sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, do, like, Sonica, do you feel like, you know, uh, movie theaters could be suffering a big blow? I mean, obviously they are now, but like, do you feel like they could just not exist? At least some of them could just go straight to business, never open again. No. No. I think, you know, some people are so lucky they have a great at-home setup and they can, like, watch movies by themselves and feel perfectly fine with that. But, you know, others of us, I mean, don't you guys love, like, the whole experience of going into a theater, buying your popcorn and all of your candies that you don't already have at home, sitting in a big movie theater, especially on opening night when you're sitting there and everyone's watching it for the first time and there's this, like, huge excitement and people are reacting to the movie around you. Like, you go to the movie theater for the atmosphere, too, an atmosphere Mm -hmm. you just can't replicate at home. No, you can't. That's a good That's, point. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, I love going to the theater. I absolutely. I had a. I was a. We were A-list members. You know, we used to do the three a week. Seems like forever ago. I know, right? It's in only, AMC. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> they recover. We can go back to it. But I mean, I no. I I hundred percent agree. Like, you know, I have a pretty decent setup at home. Obviously, you know, I have a home theater, or whatever, that I can watch stuff like that. But not everybody. You know, she's right. Not everybody does. But as we talked about before, I love. We love going to the theater. It's yeah. a whole. Pierce in itself. I can't mm-hmm. imagine like being at home and watching Endgame 
for the first time right. at home. I, there's no way. Right. Hey, wait. That was absolutely the first movie that I was thinking of, too, when you asked that question. It just would not have the same impact. And especially when you punch in surround sound and mm-hmm. I don't know, now they have those like 4D theaters. Maybe that's the future. Maybe people actually <laughs> feel like they're in the movie. 4D. Right. 40X, well, they have the, yeah. the 40X down. Yeah, that that I mean, um, is that is that Point Orlando? Yeah, that's Point Orlando. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. There are like two uh, of them in the Central Florida area, aren't there? Yeah, actually, the one at Waterford just opened up. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, there was uh, maybe about maybe two months ago, maybe less than that. Uh, obviously, didn't get really much attack, uh, attention because they shut down. But uh, I know that they were uh, they were just they're brand new. And they took out one of their big theaters and have that. So we do have two in this area now, which is pretty exciting. Um, so moving on to uh, uh, My Spy, the STX Entertainment Production Company, uh, they sold the distribution distribution rights to. Heart? Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they are no longer distributing the movie in the theaters. Obviously, they went down the route of uh, selling it to Netflix. I mean, sorry, uh, Amazon Prime. So Amazon now has full rights to that movie, and it will come out eventually. That's the Dave Batista comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically he's this big guy, and he has to take care of this little girl, very similar to uh, the game plan featuring The Rock and uh, The Pacifier with Vin Diesel. Dave Batista is just the next wrestler who has to take care of a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, that movie was supposed to come out on March 13th, and now at some point it will be released in, um, in, in on Amazon. And then as of, and then moving on to, as of last Friday, so that's April 10th, Apple TV Plus did a similar move to what HBO did, and they're making some of their collection of original series and movies available for a limited time for free. If you, all you have to do is just download the Apple TV app and you're good to go. That content is free for you. Uh, some of the titles that are available are The Elephant Queen, The Little America series, uh, Servant, which is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, For All Mankind, which just started, it, it was at launch, is that is that uh, that space uh, NASA show, the What If Russia Beat Us on the Space Race to the Moon. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, so it's, it was, it's like takes place like an alternate reality, so that it's available for free. Uh, Dickinson, Helpsters, and Ghost Rider. Helpsters and Ghost Rider uh, are two ch- uh, children's shows. And so, yeah, so they have about seven or eight shows or content available for free. And I think that's pretty cool, especially definitely get the word out that Apple TV is available and you can watch some of their stuff and probably could gain some subscribers that way as well. I'm sure about the morning show. I was just about to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. The morning show is not on that list, but Ernesto and I watched it and it's a great. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I've seen five episodes. I'm halfway through the first season. I'm trying not to go too fast through it. I did not enjoy the first. I want to say Mm, one maybe two episodes i had to get into it i could feel that yeah i feel that i feel that but now that i'm into it i love it what do you think about jennifer anderson's character well so that was my problem with the first episode was i thought that she was very one tone it was just all angry all the time and unless something drastic happens in the last five episodes that would explain to me why she was like that i stand by the fact that that was a very flat emotion i mean just an entire episode but um I'm starting to learn more about her. Yeah. What's going on yeah. Well, actually, no, I won't talk about it. Do you do spoilers? Uh, we do. Uh, well, we, we kind of talked a little bit about the show for the last two weeks. So right now, you, you can talk a little bit of spoilers. I don't think it's, it's not like I hurt anybody. Yeah. We're learning more about, like, the depth of her character. She's going through her divorce now, which is public. So 
maybe something will unearth to where I think like, oh, now I understand the whole thought process, but not. Uh, what did she win? She won like a Golden Globe or something from that performance. She did. Yeah. I, did I, she really? I think yeah. she won something. Maybe it wasn't a Golden Globe, but I remember that she did win an award for her performance. And I agree with you, Ernesto. I think that if there was anybody to win an award there, it, it should not have been her. There's stronger. Uh, there's, there's definitely stronger actors on that show. Yes, I agree with that. But I keep watching Sonica because it's it's. Yes. It, it, it's we, don't it's good sp- we don't want to spoil it for you. It's good. Right. It's definitely okay. worth the watch. But I'm trying to space it out. I'm binging too much at once, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to watch everything and then run out of things. So I'm trying my hardest. Wait a couple I, days. I can I can guarantee you that there's enough TV out there that <laughs> won't happen. <laughs> no the standards how- start dropping lower and lower the longer we're in quarantine. <laughs> You're that's right. a good, that's a right. good point. You're yeah, right. the quality needs to be higher, Nesto. You can't just. Right. <laughs> um, uh, moving on to going talking again about Walt Disney Studios, they made another announcement that they're pushing back more movies. So Disney Pixar Soul, featuring Jamie Foxx, that was supposed to be released on June 19th. They pushed it back to November 20th, making. Oh, a, that looks good. It yeah, did look good. Yeah. I think that was going to – I mean, out of the two movies of Pixar to come out this year, Onward and Soul, Soul looked like it was going to be the better out of the two. But, I, re, I mean, I really liked Onward, but Soul could be another movie, another level that we don't know. But we're going to be have to waiting until November. And now November is just getting stacked. They have Black Widow. You have the No Time to Die, the latest James Bond movie, uh, Kong versus Godzilla, and now Soul. So this Thanksgiving is going to be a very big movie year, a uh, big season for sure. And then also an uh, animated movie called Raya and the Last Dragon was supposed to be released on November 25th. Uh, it, they pushed that back to March 12th, 2021. It's, it was wow. starring uh, Aquafina, And so uh, that movie is being pushed back. And, and lastly, Lionsgate is teaming up with Fandango and YouTube, which is kind of cool, uh, to launch Lionsgate Live Night at the Movies starting April, 20, uh, April 17th. Lionsgate will be live streaming some of their movies every Friday night, uh, starting off with The Hunger Games. So you can go onto their YouTube channel and watch The Hunger Games, and you can watch it live and, I guess, um, chat with anybody else who's watching it. Uh, Later in the the weeks to come, you can watch Dirty Dancing, La La Land, and then John Wick um, as well. I love that idea. Yeah. The different variety. It kind of... It kind of reminds you of like when you turn on the TV and instead yeah. of like trying to flip through, you're on that channel. You're just like, all right, I guess I'll just watch whatever's on and you either end up liking it or but you pull yourself into the story no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like no matter like uh, I mean, these movies aren't like the newest ones. So I think some of these are good. They're pretty good. I mean, these are great. Yeah. Movies, so. Oh, they are like uh, have you seen Ernesto? Have you seen La La Land yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Sorry, Gia, if you're listening, but it's yeah. just, I just don't, I have no, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't, you know, sometimes you just look at it. You're just like, I'm just not in the mood to watch this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just hasn't hit me yet since it's come out, even though it's won all these awards. Like, yep. I don't know. Have you seen it? Sonica? We have watched through half of the opening dance and singing number and didn't make it any further past that. Wow. We're in the same boat as Ernesto. Is, yeah. it, did you just like fall asleep or you just like, ah, I'm not going to watch this anymore? I understand why you would ask me that because I do tend to fall asleep a lot <laughs> during movies. But no, I genuinely stopped having any interest more than that. And I love musicals. I just, I, I don't know that that didn't, 
it hit me. Maybe we just need to give it another shot or not. Yeah, so. maybe we'll give it a, we'll give it, maybe we could do a watch party and then we'll yeah. try it out. <laughs> By the way, I don't want to step on your toes, Matt, but have you guys heard of Netflix party? Yes. Yes. Talked yes. about that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. just yeah. learned about it. And I think that that is a fantastic idea. Kind of like yeah. that landscape move. I think uh, it's kind of like the same, it's kind of like the same right. idea kind of moves kind of day, kind of deal. Yeah, with the I guess the only difference with with, with Netflix parties that you can choose what content you, right. you watch Correct. instead of yeah. like they're choosing choice, yeah. exactly. And a Netflix party isn't owned by Netflix. It's a third party that works very well with the Netflix website. Um, but yeah, I would totally do that. You know, you know, sitting down like we Ernest and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and I forgot what was the only thing you, you said that you didn't care for Netflix parties that like yes, right? You said you wanted to watch. Yeah, you're not gonna be like, it, it can't be it can't be something that I that I need to be actively engaged in. It needs right. to be something that I could kind of more or less passively watch because then because in the Netflix party is more about like the experience with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to like like sitting down and watching something that you need to like watch and dissect and enjoy. Right. It, when I need to watch something, it's like everybody quiet. Nobody <laughs> speak. <laughs> <laughs> like, That'd like, be my only thing. Because you sure can realistically, Ozark. you can only realistically you can only focus on one thing at a time. You can say you can multitask, but you're really just switching back and forth. Right. Uh, like I feel like good like to watch like that like reality shows would be a good time to, to use Netflix party and like just maybe mm-hmm. communicate because yeah. that doesn't really require much. But like as of, like I'm continuing watching Ozark right now and I I can't talk and watch Ozark at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Point. Um, all right, so that's all the news we have for this week. So uh, we're going to move on to what you're watching. And so we're going to start off with you, Sonica. What have you been watching? Oh, my gosh. What haven't I been watching? <laughs> we've been watching everything. So we've been watching Morning Show. Um, yeah. Five episodes into that, like I said. We watch Jeopardy every night because we turned into a 95-year-old couple. And we thoroughly enjoy it. I have no regrets. I mean, you know, on Netflix awesome. right now, they have a whole bunch of collections uh, of Jeopardy on there. And we've blown through all of them. There's oh, got to be like 100 episodes, and in the last three weeks, we finished all of them. Um, so, wait, so you're not even watching these live. You are watching them. Yeah, these are taped. <laughs> you think they're really? Well, I mean, Jeopardy isn't live. But you're, not, you're not even like watching like the, the one that's on cable television. You're going. No, to... no, because we binge it. We binge it like it's a TV show. We binge it like Game of Thrones. We binge <laughs> Jeopardy. Um, <laughs> we just watched the Chris D'Elia stand up on Netflix. Oh, yeah, that just came out. Yesterday, today. How was how was that? It was pretty good. I'm not a huge Dalia fan. I don't listen to his podcast. My fiance does, but I did enjoy his stand up. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. Um, his stand up has changed a lot since he's had a baby. You know, Ernesto, babies change you. So his humor has gotten a little less crap. Yeah. And that's why I can now jump on board because usually it's a little too much for me. And then of course, I watched all of Tiger King. I watched the seven original episodes or however many there were. And then I watched the Carol Baskin's husband's message out on Facebook, (laughs) which was like 30 minutes long. I only like skipped through some of it. Then I watched the reunion episode on Netflix. Then I watched the Hulu episode about the TMZ investigation about Tiger King on Netflix. I can safely say I am Tiger Kinged out. Yeah. (laughs) If I never watch anything else about those guys again, it'll you're like, all right, I got the story. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I know this story inside and out. Who doesn't, honestly, these days? Seriously. Yeah. We're um, actually going to get it. Yeah, I was just about to say we're about to get into that a little. We're going to get into that later. That's going to be our review. And uh, I also, I've watched it. I've watched it all. I didn't know about the Facebook thing. Um, oh. 
But I watched it. But I, I actually just right before we recorded this podcast, I finished the Hulu. I finished oh, the Hulu one, and then a couple of days ago, I watched the Netflix one. We'll get we'll get into all that later. Yes. Uh, anything else you've been watching, Sonica? Mm, I've been watching a lot of reruns of Grey's Anatomy. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, this all, all Netflix, right? Uh, yep, all that's on Netflix. And then we were trying to tackle different epics. And so we finished Harry Potter a week ago. Now we're trying to tackle the next epic. We can okay. do Marvel again, but you know, then comes the conversation: what order do you do them in, chronological or release date? Ooh. Very true. Uh, how was watching Harry Potter again? Uh, like after, I mean, the movie's been out. Let's see, the last it came out 2001. Then they finished in 2011. So now we're almost 10 years later from the last movie. So how was that rewatching? Did it feel as if you're watching it for the first time? Uh, you know what? I would love to see a Harry Potter series. I need someone okay. like Theo to pick up a Harry Potter series and stop cutting things out of the books when trying to translate it onto the screen and make it really dark. Mm. That's and that's point. all I could think about while I rewatched the movies was that let's recast <laughs> oh. the characters and let's like really get into the story of it. Interesting. Are you a fan? So like within your watch, that did you count the Fantastic Beasts movies as well? No, those are trash. <laughs> and I am an OGHP. Like I started reading the books in second grade on book two. I remember like going to the book three release party. It was super small and no one knew who Harry Potter was. I went to all the midnight releases of the book. Same. I don't know about this Fantastic Beasts and all this yeah. nonsense. It's I not think, for me. I, These are for the younger kids. Yeah. Matt, I think we talked about it before that I told you. I, I actually have about my experience going to the midnight book release of book seven of Harry Potter. I might have been talking to somebody else about it. But either way, I, I'm on the same boat as Sonica. Like, that is some dedication, Ernesto. I used, to, I used to work security at a hospital, and I got off of my shift in uniform. And went to Barnes and Nobles and <laughs> stood in line with a bunch of people. Like this was like going to the movie theater. Like there was yeah. a line. There were people screaming from their cars when Book Seven came out. Like I don't think you understand the <laughs> how the intensity of the situation. I think I went home that night and I I blew through like five chapters and I was like I need to go to bed. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a recreation of a book release like that. I mean. Right. I, there, nothing has ever topped what J.K. Rowling has been able to do with book releases. No, I was just about to say that. I can't. I was. I was to ask you. Do you think there has been one, oh. or do you think? I mean, the movies have just been equally as popular as well. Do you think there was another translation from book to screen that had was that popular since Harry Potter? I don't know. You look at the same genre with Hunger Games that. No, I I wouldn't say Hunger Games met the same sort of. Divergent was a colossal mess. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I read those books and actually liked them, and then watched the movies, and I was like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> <laughs> I know it, was, cool. it was so bad that they never finished the fourth movie. You can't blame them. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> the actors didn't like each other, and it was made very clear on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I've seen the first two Divergent films. I don't think I saw the last one, but I mean, yeah, they weren't that good either. Um, I I think Twilight might have been pretty big for its time uh i would you know what but i would i remember that time and it was the, the books like people were crazy about the books i wouldn't say it was as good as high as uh harry potter but it was like maybe a close second maybe okay. but i would argue that you're appealing to a different subset of readers 100%. i think that's 
the mm -hmm. readers that were getting excited about Harry Potter releases are not the same type of readers that were getting excited about Twilight. It mixed a little bit, but for the most part, I agree, yeah. Right. I, uh, if you're into fantasy, it mixes a little, but then there's adventure versus romance. Correct. Right. Uh, I just thought of another one. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was pretty I popular. I think that, too. Yeah. Um, like, that was, I mean, it was every every Valentine's Day that these movies came out, and they were huge. Uh, and I know, I mean, when the books came out, everyone was reading it. So, uh, I don't know, I, it's, I think that's the last big one that I can think of that really even came um, a little bit close to book to screen uh, to have that level. But I don't think anyone was as big as Harry Potter, especially when the books came out. Now, now nobody goes out to – I can't even think of people going for a book release anymore. No, you just order on Amazon and have that shit shipped to your house. <laughs> <laughs> or you get it on your iPad or your Kindle. It's not the same. Mm -mm. Are, you, are you more – go ahead, Ernesto. No, I was going to say I'm big into audiobooks now, though. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, are you uh, are you big into like if you were to get a book, would you have rather ordered it on Amazon and like have a physical copy or you just iPad all the way like digital? Who are you asking? Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like the Asadica had the same like I don't know. Who you, I kind of thought you were asking me, but then I also kind of thought you were asking her. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, or no, we'll start with you, Ernesto, then. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. <laughs> well, I remember what the question was, so I'll just pick it up from here, Ernesto. I like books. I like books because I think books are a wonderful way to get your eyes away from a screen. And if you are reading books on a screen, I feel like you're kind of defeating that purpose. That being said, it's so much more convenient to download books <laughs> to the screen because you're saving trees and you're not carrying around like pounds and pounds worth of books. So I understand the value of a digital screen, but I I like the real books. I like the real pages. So is, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say like, so is there like maybe a franchise or a, a particular book or or that you would like? You know what? I rather own that physical copy, but all the other ones can live on my iPod. I mean, I, I, iPad. Wow, what um, year is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, iPod. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's a small screen to read a book from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just keep scrolling in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so like, do you have like that that the line is like, all right, well these I'm gonna own a physical copy of, and these I'm gonna maybe get off the you know an e-reader. I think if I want to own a book, I want to own a book. However, I do have our local libraries app on my phone, and you can rent a lot of books out of the library via right. digital copy, and that's where I read all my digital stuff. Okay. So do you see yourself reading a book like through the local library app and then you know what this book was really good. I want to own it or it doesn't go that way. That's never happened. Oh, okay. So like it's either you're gonna buy the copy or you're just gonna you just you you have it on online. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um all right Ernesto, what have you been watching? Uh let's see. I've been watching Big Little I think the big one I've been watching is <laughs> no no pun intended is uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, I love HBO. that show. I admit I didn't I guess it's you know it's late it's a late comer for me cuz at first me and my wife started watching it. I guess she kind of just dropped off. So I kind of I was like, "Hey, do you want do you want to watch this still?" She said no. So you know, I was, I'm like <laughs> I'm like, oh, she didn't I'm like, like <laughs> No, I I guess it was like too much for her. I don't know, but I love it. I think it's great. I think it's really, I think it's great. The cinematography is great. I love what really catches me is how they tie 
the music to each episode and how it plays <laughs> and what and how the episode goes. It like man, I, the theme song I love it. It's just really, really, really well done. It's uh, created by David E. Kelly. He's created like a bunch of TV shows. He did. He's doing the Lincoln Lawyer now. Um, hmm. Crazy Ones, Monday Morning, Harry's Law, Boston. He's the creator of Boston Legal, uh, Boston Public, The Practice, uh, Ally McBeal, Chicago Hope. Like a lot of like a lot of classic like '90s TV shows. But oddly enough, this one doesn't have like a classic '90s TV feel. Like it's a very like new new story. You know, Laura Dern's in it, Adam Scott, Zoe Kravitz. Um, Shailene Woodley, the girl from who we were talking about uh, from Insurgent, uh, Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, like it's got a powerhouse of a cast. And even the kid actors, the kid actors, I think, do a really good job as well. But I'm I'm about um, maybe like halfway through the first season and I'm I'm fully invested. Like, OK, wow. Yeah, uh, what, I've I know very little about it. So what exactly is it about? He can't tell you because he's going to give something away. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, all right then. <laughs> but it's a. This is the. I'm going to give you the IMDb. Pl- I'm going to give you the IMDb description. It's the, okay. The apparent perfect lives of upper class upper class mothers at a prestigious elementary school unravel to the point of murder when a single mother moves to their quaint Californian beach town. That that's enough. That's enough. I can. Yeah. I don't even want to say any more than that. All right. So it's obviously this. It's great. Really, really great. Like every character, like there's something going on with every single character. There's every character. They're taking the time to like unravel and give each character some depth. They're doing a really great job of setting it up. Okay, I I might have to check it. I think Megan started it. Um, I think she was. I think she's already in season two, and she wasn't feeling season two. I've heard a lot of great things about season one, and not a lot of great things about season two. At least it didn't hit the level of season one. Yeah. Uh. And I've also, I'm almost done. We're almost done with the current season of Better Call Saul. And it's so good. Yeah. Still so good. Like, I can't, I can't praise that show enough. Like, Bob Odenkirk, Vince Gillian, like, Peter Gould, they do a great job. It's, and then did we talk about Ozark, about me finishing Ozark? I don't remember if we talked about that last I week. don't, I, I know, I, I think you're still watching it. Oh, we finished season three. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit was intense. Like, it just, <laughs> That each season just delivers. Season one, two, and three, like it just, and it doesn't, it doesn't ramp up to the point to where it's absurd. Like it just, the show just, I don't know. Just Jason Bateman is on point. And the, the episodes that you were talking about, how you really appreciated some of the episodes he directed, and yeah. the ones he directed in season three are just as good. Okay, uh, Sonica, have you seen Better Call Saul or Ozark? Um, I'm still on season one of Ozark. Ooh. I feel like I need to be in the mood to see Ozark because it's so dark. I can't watch more than like three episodes at a time. <laughs> I start to like remind myself that humanity is not so bad. <laughs> then I like swing the pendulum in the complete opposite direction and watch Fuller House or something for the eighth time. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I couldn't wa- I couldn't do a switch like that. I remember when we we just at the time we were, we just finished watching uh daredevil season one which is dark and gritty and then we instantly watch girl meets world which is the reboot series <laughs> the boy meets world like in the same time like oh no there's too many colors <laughs> yeah, we, gotta, we, we gotta go to bed i can't watch this anymore yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I uh, I just finished season one of Ozark, and I've, I've now as of today I've officially caught up with Megan. So now my show has now become our show, and now we're going to be continuing it uh, together from here on out. But I was telling you, Ernesto, that I I was watching Megan was taking a nap on the couch, and I was watching the season one finale of of Ozark, and then something happened, and I literally yelled. I was like, oh, shit. And I woke her up and she's like, what? What's going on? What happened? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like nothing. Nothing's wrong. Ozark is getting good. <laughs> and I think she went back to sleep after that. But uh, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm like, I liked season one, but I wasn't in love with season one. I thought it was great. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, I, it, it might be just maybe a little bit too slow for me, but I thought the season opener and the season finale was were great episodes. Also, both directed by Jason Bateman. I think from there on out, I, I really like where we're going with season two. So, like, the first two episodes I thought were great, also directed by Jason Bateman. And now um, I just finished episode three of season two, so we are moving along with that. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the bag already, so I'm going to continue watching it. But I do agree with you, Sonica, that there is like about two or three in. You're like, all right, I gotta, yeah. we'll put it down. That's it's it's definitely dark. Everyone, I feel like everyone's dying every episode, and always very dark. And uh, I know Chris was telling me that he's not fond of the color palette, which is always blue, and <laughs> it, <laughs> there's never any sun in that show. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. <laughs> always cloudy. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going to continue moving on with Ozark, but anything else you've been watching? No, that's it. That's it. Well, besides the whole Tiger King collection. Tiger, yes. <laughs> the collection. Yes, indeed. Um, so we, um, so we watched a movie, uh, called it's on Disney plus the Disney plus originals called Timmy failure mistakes were made. And it, it's more or less, uh, catered to children, but let me tell you what this kid, I, for, I, I'm not prepared. I forgot what's his name, but whoever plays Timmy failure, that's his full name. He he's going places in this world. Like that kid was amazing. He was basically playing this, the straight man who is a detective and he's trying to solve these murders around his, uh, his, uh, um, neighborhood. But like, he's really serious about it. And it's also really funny of how like his imagination runs wild. Um, it almost acts like a, like a noir film of of sorts but like he also has his partner in crime is a uh an imaginary polar bear so is he, it a kid show it's it's a movie it's like it's show. like I, yeah I, I think it's tailored to children but it was actually really yeah. good <laughs> uh, his name his name is uh winslow fegley okay i would not ever remember that at all um uh yeah like he's always like he, he referred to his enemies as the russians and there was even one point where uh, he was like, he was, he's like, he didn't want to mention this girl. So in his mind, he had this black square that was in, in front of her face. So we didn't get to see her face for the majority of the movie. Uh, so that that was really weird too. Like this movie took interesting uh, decisions and it was definitely in his, in, in his, in his imagination. But other than that, I thought it was, it was a very well-made movie for sure for that to be on Disney plus. Uh, so I rec. I mean, I I think actually your kids will like it, Ernesto. I think that's uh, it will be good. The only thing I I had the fault about this movie was was um, uh, it was the ending was a little underwhelming. 
but I guess that's what I get for watching a kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> Underwhelming to you, you're like, this is not what I wanted to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we also saw a movie on Netflix called All the Bright Places. It was recently released. Um, it stars uh, El, uh, Ellie Fanning and uh, Justin Smith. And I, it's, you know, you, you get a movie, you watch a movie, and uh, like for some reason it sticks with you, but not necessarily for the best reasons. And this movie like stuck with me. And I was like, I, it, it's it's a really hard time to explaining what the movie is about because the movie goes one way and it, it's intriguing. But then halfway through, it, it shifts on the direction of what character we're following. And I'm not saying the story gets muddled within itself, but I feel like that we were going in, in one direction, having some sort of a happy tone. And then there was a shift where now we're focusing on another character who is making our main character happy. But really, he has his own demons he needs to figure out. And then the half of the movie kind of swayed to his direction and like, you know, what he was pretending to be happy, but not as happy as you may seem. And then I didn't really like that direction, but I understood it. And so it was a weird balance that I was having with this movie that I enjoyed the shift, but not necessarily like, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's hard to explain, but either way, uh, all the right places, all the bright places. Um, I, I also recommend giving that a watch as well. So there you go. And now uh, moving on to Tiger King. Tiger King. <laughs> Sonic, we'll start with you. Wow. Oh, man, I don't even know what to say, guys. Tiger King, there's so much. There's so much to discuss. I don't trust a single person that I've heard from on this documentary. <laughs> I think all of them are lying. And I'm constantly trying to figure out what the truth is. I don't trust a single one of them. I don't trust any narrating. Not not one. Uh, no. All right, well, let's start with, uh, let's just talk to characters. Like, uh, this is going to be our spoiler review of Tiger King. So if for some reason you still haven't watched this series because everyone else is watching it, I recommend giving that a, going to Netflix and catching up with the rest of the world uh, because it's a crazy series for sure. Do you think it would it would have been as big had it not been for the quarantine? No, I think the quarantine was 100% a huge factor in its popularity. I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think the last time I believe a documentary was this popular was maybe Making a Murderer. Uh, do you remember that at all? Yeah, I, I wasn't. I never watched that one. I didn't okay. Watch that. I just remember that being like widely popular and uh, a lot of people were getting into it. But obviously people watched it gradually. And I'm not sure if this would have hit that same popularity. I think a lot of people it might have been like popular, but not not this popular. Not to the point where Netflix had to go out and make an after show about it, that's for sure. And then other streaming agencies jumped on the success bandwagon, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, go Ernest. Ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you're right. as you were saying, Hulu does have the TMZ Investigates, which we all watched as well. And they were trying to give more information about what was going on. I'm not sure if they successfully did that. I think they rehashed everything we had already heard from Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let, let's talk about the characters, or I mean, these are real people, but the characters that are portrayed and, and they the look, they feel like characters. <laughs> they they all feel like 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 comic book characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Exotic, he's the main one that we're focusing on, uh, and he's he's a character in and of itself. 
He's a gay redneck who does not give a shit about anything. And he believes and he's very he's he has a huge ego and only does things for himself. He's narcissistic. Yes. He's also a polygamist. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's like it's like checking all these boxes that like who who is this guy? Um, how, how did you feel about Joe Exotic, Sonica? I did not like him. Really? So I'll be, I'll be honest. This whole series was a little bit difficult for me to watch. It was like watching a train wreck. I couldn't stop watching it, but I also hated watching it because I felt so bad for the animals the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, Sounds and in the beginning, I just, I don't, I don't know if he genuinely loved these animals, then that's a different story. I was trying to figure out the entire, how many episodes were there originally? Six, seven? Seven. How seven. many? Yeah. Right. So a total of eight. But the first seven episodes, all I was trying to figure out was like, does this guy really care about the animals or is it about the money? But I'll tell you that last shot, that very last shot of the original seven episodes where he's talking about how he sold some of his animals and the monkeys that he had in cages next to each other. They were both sent to Tampa. And the first thing that they did was hug on each other. And he started questioning whether was I the reason that they weren't able to reunite for 10 years while I kept them in cages. Was he turning over a new leaf and now he doesn't believe that animals should be in cages? I don't know. Basically, my perspective on him sort of went up yeah. and down. Throughout this. Right. Uh, that, that's a really good question of if he really cared for the animals. Maybe, uh, as for everybody, maybe at the beginning, they actually truly cared for these animals. But the tr- the show portrayed them as like they were all in it for various reasons yeah. um and like you know, it's i thought it was kind of crazy that you know people would be going to these places and spending large amounts of money to be around not only that that atmosphere but just like to pet these tigers and that was worth every penny to them it just seemed off um and and then, and then he was like he was trying to grow his business but he was also growing himself as a brand. I mean, not only was he running a zoo, but he he uh, he had his own uh, albums of him that he wasn't even singing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they said it was somebody else singing. That's right. <laughs> I, so I don't even know, like, how do you even, like, say that this was your, how does that even work out that you're saying, yeah, this is my album, but I haven't sung a single word from it? Exactly. And I, I think in a weird way, I think in their own twisted minds, I think they actually believed that each of one of them cared for the animals. Like you look at Carol Baskin, like, you know, everybody thinks she killed her husband, whatever. But like she's trying to save those animals, but yet she's running one of those same like one of those same facilities as they are. So she's just yeah. as bad, if not worse. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. And and it's, it's and even with that, like the the living conditions and how they were able to get people on to their property and like work for them. So like with Joe, he was basically well, I think it was like a hundred dollars a week he was paying, if that. Yeah, and feeding them old meat from the they would get like a garbage can full of meat. Oh. And then at the it's end, crazy, like it's crazier and crazier. Yes. Yeah. And then they they was a suspecting of him putting in that meat that old me on when they had opened that pizza shop. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that that's crazy. Like, that's the same meat they were feeding to the animals. And there was like expired meat from like Walmart and they got a truck over and they were like dumping all of this, this meat to the dumpster. But then like the, the coworkers like, Oh yeah, I just stole a few for lunch later. No, he, uh, give, no, he gives them, they get first pick. 
Oh, that's they right. Get, they get first they get pick. first pick before they before they give it before they give the rest to the Tigers. That's nuts. And, and people lived there. It's not like that they were they went home at the end of the day. They lived in trailers there or in, in one trailer. I don't know if they had their own trailer. I think there were separate ones. But then, see, but, like, listen to him talk about it. In his own weird way, he felt like he was helping them, right. even though he was giving them, like, really shitty living conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was saying how, like, I took them from they had nothing, and I gave them a home and a job and food. And I was like, did you really do that? I, it's like, I, I don't, don't know. know. It almost, feels, almost feels like jail would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, and then you had Carol Baskin, who had her own a group of minions, <laughs> and they were all convinced how <laughs> they were all volunteers. They weren't even getting paid. <laughs> no, I've been here for five. I'm a five-year volunteer. <laughs> and they had a color system going on. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a blue shirt. That means I've been here for a long time. But I really want to get a black shirt. And then everyone starts out as a red shirt or whatever the color system was. And I was like, this. This is nuts. Like, I mean, at least the people who are working with Joe Exotic, they got paid pennies, but they got paid something. And yeah. you're just doing all this work for free for, for what? It's, well, I think what all of these animal places, you know, don't forget, you can tug on the heartstrings of any animal lover and tell them that they're doing it to help the animal. And, and people will step up because the majority of humanity will do a lot for animals. And that's, that's kind of the case. But, like, there's one thing to take away. How many of us knew that that was how operations involving big animals worked across oh. the United States? That yeah, was really, really eye-opening. It's very yeah. true. Like, I think they, they really focused on how, like, zoos even. Some zoos got their animals through these small, uh, these these uh, random places that were, like, more or less. What, what was the word they used? They were, they were, bre- they were breeding tigers. Right. They were crossbreeding and inbreeding. That's right. Yeah. And and then they were shipping them off to other states so they can have them in their zoos, whether they were official or not. But that was the illegal part. Correct. They weren't supposed to be doing that. You can't traffic tigers. And I think that right. that's what the allegations are is that they were trafficking tigers and lions. Yeah. But it's not illegal to have your own zoo and do that. Um, you, you remember them talking about the Big Cat Safety Act? Yeah. That yes. Carol Baskin was trying to push through. I mean, so far, no success on that. That that's great. And again, going back to Carol Baskin, her 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 whole big thing was that well, I'm different from Zoe, Joe Exotic because I'm not charging anyone to visit the zoo. I'm like this is a sanctuary for the tigers. They're not really uh they're not really a a um. What's the word? It's not like it's not like a zoo for her. These like these are these are tigers that are living here in peace. But it's then sanctuary. it's a sanctuary. And then they decided to then they investigated or at least they showed footage of her sanctuary and they were living in worse conditions than Joe Exotic was. And that's that's what's perceived perceived anyway. So it, it's hard to. And then also one of the videos that came out after this whole series was uh, Carol Baskin's husband spoke out. And it was like a <laughs> it was like a like a, a 20 minute long video of him like defending everything and how the documentary got it all wrong. Well, I and think that's the only thing that all of these people can agree on. Every single character on the show hated the way that the documentary portrayed them. It was the right. only thing they were all. <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I think he was saying how like the sanctuary is actually big. It's it wasn't small, and they were show, showcasing the scope of it, and and then they were also saying that how those volunteers were only there for a one day event, but and then like oh, I'm sorry, people were visiting for one day out of the year. This that that they made it seem like it wasn't open to the public. At least he made it seem like it wasn't open to the public. But in in the documentary, it was perceived that it was open to the public, and people were paying to see these tigers. So it's hard to believe what was true or not. But I guess in some aspect, the documentary was right because they are paying to go see the animals, even if it was for one. Just because it's not open every day like that, you're still charging right. people to go see the animals. Right. Uh, that's, that's a good point. So either way, she's no she's no good as, as the other guys. And then also, obviously, the big thing with her is that they had they devoted a whole episode of her her murdering her ex-husband. So how do you feel about that aspect of the story? Like. Do, do you do you feel like or Ernesto? Do you feel like that Thank she? You. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the second time I did it today, I'm on a roll today. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're trying to get used to this whole Skype thing. We we much prefer in person interviews. This is okay. this is a whole different avenue for us. <laughs> uh, so Ernesto, yes. How how was your take on that whole she done or did not do the murder? I mean, I understand they they want to they want to show you like okay, you may think that she's doing all these great things, but look, this bitch has got a murder investigation under her wing. Like, you know, it's, she's not all just big cat rescue like cat loving Carol Baskin. Like, she also might have killed her husband and taken all his money. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Sonica, where, where where do you stand? I don't know. I think either way, something very sketchy happened. I'm very sure. hopeful that the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office is able to get some sort of tip because of all the publicity that they've recently gotten. And I I can't wait to hear what it is. And you heard that Hulu special that they said that they were now going to consider granting immunity deals if someone comes forward. And they had a great point. There's no way she could have done this alone. So someone out there knows what happened. And I'm just Somebody here yeah. for when something goes down. <laughs> we're all, we're all going to be there. Right. Just waiting. <laughs> Tiger King part two. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's it's really hard. At least how the 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 documentary proceeded because not only did you know it was the if she did it or not, but then we were get we got to hear the the family members of the missing husband, and they were like, yeah, no, she did it. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, I actually I have a question for both of you. Who, Matt, we'll go to you first. Okay. Um, damn it. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> Shit. Oh, no, you really had damn it. Okay. Damn it. I had it too, but damn it. I was listening to what you said. Just keep going. I, <laughs> damn it. Oh, okay. I remember uh, now. Okay, okay. Uh, Joe Exotic. Yes. Uh, everybody's, a lot of people, like obviously he's a shitty person and a lot of yes. people hate him. But there's also like a small percentage of people who like want to free him. There's like a, there's like a movement. Right. Now, would you do you want to hear from Joe Exotic? Like now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but then it's like at the same. I agree with you. But then at the end, wait, well, hold on, Sonica, what do you think? No. Do you, no, no, you don't want to hear from. Him. And I see. And I think I understand why. Because you don't want to give him a platform. Yes. And that's right. always, I mean, especially like with all of us working in the news industry, you always know, like certain crazy people will do things just for 
the platform that they know that they're going to get. And it's almost right. like a catch 22 and you're sort of fueling the cycle. And I do feel like he's one of those personalities where I don't know if giving him a platform will, I mean, everyone has freedom of speech. He can say whatever he wants, but. Oh, he has been. <laughs> and right. And he has yeah. <laughs> been. I don't, I don't know if I want to contribute to that. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of in the middle. Like, I don't want to give him a, pla- like, I understand and I don't want to give him a platform, but at the same time, I think people need to see his level of crazy. You know what I mean? But it's like, why do you want to give him more, give him more fuel to his fire? Like, why do you want right. to feed? Why do we need to feed his ego anymore? Like, it's like it's hard. I, I don't. It's a hard way to look at it because at it, at one point we, you know. Think of all the good that might that is possibly going to come out uh, after this. Like, you know, like the Hulu documentary showed like kind of just like other positive movements that they're going on. Like they had that um, that one biologist on the two guys from the animal, the two guys from the animal planet. Matt, did you get a chance to watch TMZ? Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. They had. Um, no, I just think it's there. There will be some good that comes out of it. But I guess, you know, you got to you got to see how bad it got in order for right. us to get where we want to go. No, I, I agree with you because, like, even in the Tiger King and I, the after show special that came out with earlier this week, they uh, Joe McHale, the host, he mentioned to us a few people, are like, uh, do you think, like, uh, what, what did he say? He said, like, like, Joe Exotic, he's always wanted to be famous and have, you know, people to know who he is because, he's you know, he's, his ego is through the roof. And now he's probably the most famous he's ever going to be and he can't do anything about it because he's in prison. So, like, there was, like, an irony there of, like, you know, he's the most popular when he can't really exploit that at all. And, but then to the point where, like, should we keep it that way or should we hear what he has to say? And and I feel like there could be, like, a, maybe a line there. I do want to hear what he has to say, but, like, once. Like, let me hear it once and then that's it. Have either of you guys watched Don't F with Cats? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. So they posed that question yeah. at the end too, right? Yes. Yeah. Did. It was the same and, thing. Yes. It's and same. that's what I thought about after finishing this. I, after I finished Tiger King, I needed to kind of like when I watched Ozark, I needed to remind myself there's good in humanity. So I went to the opposite swing of the pendulum here and I watched Elephants off the Disney Plus, one of the nature movies, and it was what I needed. <laughs> a nice wholesome movie about a family of elephants traveling across Africa. <laughs> You're like, this is what I need. Oh, yes. Animals in the wild doing yes. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is Tiger King knocks us. It's too much. Yeah. They're trapped. I need, I need to see nature in its full form. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed. Also, that's a great show to have, or a great movie for your kids to watch, Ernesto. What, Elephant? uh, elephants? Elephants. Yeah. Yeah, we like watching those nature documentaries. Let me check that one out. Did you, also on the same day, I think it was Diving with Dolphins. Did you see that one too? Oh no, Dolphin Reef is what it was called. Dolphin Reef. I didn't. I just care about elephants. No, I care <laughs> about dolphins too. But I, <laughs> but, but that particular day, I just, I needed to see my fellow dolphins because I love them. like, F those dolphins. I want to see the elephants. <laughs> I don't care how smart you are. <laughs> I love dolphins. It's just, you know, elephants are, they're so much bigger and they're so much more emotionally capable right. they're majestic, majestic. They are majestic. Yeah. uh did you see the behind the scenes documentary as well that they also put on disney plus sonica i didn't my father watched it and loved it okay i started watching well right after elephants i started watching this national geographic um documentary about white wolves 
oh. about 500 miles away from uh, the North Pole. They're the only wolves in the entire world that have never had interactions with humans. So it was the only way for this particular researcher to document what wolves do in a completely natural way, because everywhere else that you go, wolves have had encounters with humans. They've learned to fear humans and they've learned to act differently around humans. So you can't oh. go anywhere else in the world and see how they actually act in public. That was on Disney. Oh. In case anyone oh, you, it sounds like you went through like a, a nature rabbit hole after finishing Tiger King. Yeah, I needed to reinstill <laughs> everything that's good about animals in this world. Yeah. I have like zero patience with animal abuse. And so like even those allegations at the end of Tiger King, you know, when they were saying that he shot those five tigers, that was upsetting to me. Well, that and the other guy, the one, the, the movie. Um, Doc Antle. Doc Antle. That he yeah. used to euthanize them and he used to burn yeah. them in his own crematorium and on his property. I think it was it was in the TMZ investigate the one on Hulu the TMZ investigation uh, uh, one hour special. He spoke with them and he's like that's completely yeah. false. I never euthanized them. They, these are beautiful adult tigers because in the documentary it was rumored that he when they reached a certain age he just he just killed them because they were no longer Useful. profitable to his yeah. brand right. And so even <laughs> we, let's talk about him. He had a whole. <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. tell. <laughs> he, he had a cult. That's well. That's where Joe Exotic got his whole polygamy thing from. That's who. Once he. That's who he idolized. That's who he wanted to be. You know, because yeah. he was. Yeah. He was a tight. I mean, he, that guy was like the actual Tiger King. <laughs> In certain ways, yeah. I mean, he didn't have such an interesting story as as Joe Exotic, but he really like. You can tell he was like uh, like uh, crossing his T's and dotting his eyes every time he was in front of the camera. Oh, he's he was smart. Yeah, he was very smart. What he was saying, what he was doing, what even what he was showing, I felt like uh, like because it was like uh, he put on like a front every time. He, like he was like, what, what did he say? He like, he was showing something in front of the TV. Like, oh, this was me and Jay Leno Jay, or David Letterman. And then he was like, all right, th- do you need anything else for me? Like, is that it? Like he definitely like put on a front. Every time he was in front of that camera, which was very strange. But then they talk about his his multiple wives, and and how the he multiple was multiple girlfriends. Girlfriends, sorry, very made that very clear. You're right. It was girlfriends, and he's only been married what once, and then he divorced many years ago, and then he has the multiple gr- girlfriends out there. That basically, I feel like you if you're if you're his girlfriend, you're doing a lot more than just being his girlfriend. Well, that's what the girl, the one girl who came out in the Netflix documentary said, like, you know, Mm -hmm. that they were, um, that they were like slaves, you know, she conformed to whatever he did. Like he, they became his pet. Right. Pretty much. They became his pets. And they were also like, I feel like they were doing more work in this, his little zoo because yeah, I mean, you can say that you're someone's girlfriend, but then you're also, you're working harder than anybody. And yet you're forced to be dressed a certain way to have a certain appeal and make this Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. And like, but I, I based from what we saw, you know, the whole situation was bad, but it looks like they had the better living conditions out of anybody. At least he was definitely making a huge profit from this. However, however he was doing this Um, movie companies were coming to him to rent his animals so they can be on, on, um, on, in their movies. And then also he was doing birthday parties as well. Uh, So he was doing something, that was making himself profitable. Like it almost felt like he was like the rich Tiger King. And <laughs> here's my cat. Uh, he was the rich. <laughs> she wanted to come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, he was like the the rich one, and then Joe Exotic was like you know doing everything else. But like he was definitely eye on the prize, 
making money, and Joe Exotic was all about himself. Can we all agree that the description that Netflix put under Tiger King was the most misguided and false description ever? It's not about a man who allegedly hired a hitman to kill another rival yeah. based oh. at area. I mean, that was just completely misleading. Because when you eventually start watching it, it's more just about this crazy industry that none of us knew operated this way. That's true. That's like a small part of this big of this really big story. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean they, I know they started off with like, and this guy committed murder, but we'll tell you like an episode five or six. Yeah, <laughs> we'll tell you that story later. But let's really. I mean, I think the series really just focused on the world, and then and then like these crazy characters that are participating in this world because we also heard from other people as well and like who they were talking with. And like making deals with as well, and pretty much anybody who was fascinated with the big cat community um, was kind of involved in this. Um, they even had that that uh, the one guy that sold him out. I guess going back to the murder, uh, the guy I think his name was something Garrison, who kind of rode off in the sunset with his big boat. <laughs> the, That's the man with the teardrop. No, no, I think he he was the one who who was committed the, well, he didn't do the murder, but he was paid to do the murder, right? The one with the teardrop? Yeah. 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 yeah and, and Talking he, about the guy with the haircut. Yes. Yeah. The guy with the haircut. Yeah. He's <laughs> he a whole sketchy character to himself. Like, yeah. He was, he was working for the FBI to try to, like he was an informant for the FBI to try to get Joe Exotic, uh, like some dirt on him because he hired some other guy to murder Carol Baskin and I feel like from that guy who one who got paid, I've heard two different things from him. He said uh, he gave him money to look for a hitman, and then he also gave him money to be the hitman. So I'm I'm having a hard time believing that story as well. That's the only story about this that you're having a hard time believing. <laughs> <laughs> Out of everything, that's what you, that's what you can't believe. Just the I one. Mean, every single person it, who's been featured on this documentary has some sort of skeleton in their closet. We may not know what it is, but I think what's very obvious is everyone's trying to cover their own tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, even uh, J- uh, Jeff Loeb, right? That's uh, oh, yeah. That guy. He... The man who was allegedly sneaking up tiger cubs to different hotel rooms. That's nuts. <laughs> that is crazy. And then like he like what's weird about all this is like after this whole series was out, the most important thing people wanted to know what, what was his nanny looking like? Like, yeah, still going great, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Speak. So speaking of that, how did you feel about the Netflix actor show? Because I thought it was garbage. <laughs> I did not really care for it. Like there was a, I, well, I, there was like maybe two or three good moments out of it. Like when uh, we're talking to the, the old campaign manager and he kind of just goes maybe a little bit more in depth about watching that guy kill himself, you know, yeah. talking about the look on his eyes and like what, you know, what he really perceived from him being, you know, he watched him in the moment when it happened. And, right. um, and I think it was the producer of the reality show. Yeah, the producer told, at the end. He kind of went in, what is it? He went into... Oh, when he shot, he shot that horse, that lady brought that horse in and he was right. Like, what did, I forgot what he did, but he's like, yeah, we'll take care of the horse. And then he just shot him and fed it, shot the horse and fed him to the tigers. Yeah, that's a crazy story. And how like much like how much like Joe Exotic really it proceeds to be, again, didn't care about these animals. 
And like, I think because the lady brought him the horse to be like, hey, can you take care of it? Either she couldn't anymore or maybe just needed a place to stay for a minute. Uh, but either way, yeah, that, that you, I agree with you. But there was a crazy story. And I think, yeah, the guy shooting himself like randomly and unpredictably, that was very shocking for me. Like I didn't I didn't see that story going there at all, among and other then, things. And then he said on camera, fuck the feds. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> I was like, I'll say it again. I'll say it right here. I yeah. Like, okay. All right. I don't know. Some of the questions like Joe Hill is like, you know, who's going to play you in the movie? Like, and you compare that to the TMZ report. It's like, which one, like, granted, they both have their own things, but it's like, which one, like, gave you more? You know what I mean? Uh. I, I feel like they both gave the same amount of information that wasn't told in the documentary, okay. which was not much at all. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, Ernesto, you highlighted the, the, the probably the two biggest things that came out of the Tiger King and I special, which was I mean, it was kind of interesting to see where they were now. But most of the questions were just like, well, how do you how do you like your new fame? Yeah. And oh, it's that's, weird. Yeah, people notice me in Walmart. <laughs> yeah. And and probably the most shocking thing out of everything was like, oh, I see you fix your teeth. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> when that Netflix check hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Sonica, you were saying, and and the kind of the the special highlighted that, that no one really cared about how they were portrayed in this series, but I think they portrayed them pretty honestly, in my opinion. Yeah, everyone was unhappy, which means that, I mean, at least they were consistently doing something. The documentary folks were doing something consistently across the board to where everyone was equally as unhappy. Right. Uh, I I don't, I, I think with the TMZ special, the only thing that they really talked about, like the worth information was, again, what Sonica said of how the sheriff said that we're going to be looking into this investigation of, of the murder, but like anything they said about Joe exotic and like, do you think he actually did that murder or not? I mean, they didn't really say much, much of anything. I don't yeah. often find myself saying this, but I do tend to agree with Nancy Grace that the jury probably heard a lot more information than we did just watching a documentary. So, True. you know, it's just about how much you trust our criminal system. Mm whether or not he deserves to be in jail. Right. And and they also said that, I think one of the questions was, do you think Joe Exotic know about his fame? And that question was somewhat answered. I think they said that that he does know about the popularity of the series and like people, some of his followers were like trying to create Facebook pages and have him give, because I think Joe Exotic had access to a computer in prison. Or he was telling some of his friends to respond to certain comments. Right, exactly. And trying to, like, capitalize. I don't think that he could in prison. Um, but It yeah. depends on what state he's imprisoned in, by the way. I think it goes state by state whether or not you can make money based off of anything that's going on outside of prison. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I, I honestly don't feel like this is the last we're going to hear from this story. Um, yeah. But definitely... Out of all the the bad things that are happening right now, this was a a welcome distraction, I guess, if that's a good word to use. Not saying this was like prime television and it wasn't great to be watching, but it was definitely a distraction from everything else that's happening. So, like, would would you recommend for people to watch this? 
I know quite a number of people who, so I had a difficult time watching it, as I said, because of the whole like possibility of animal abuse allegations. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard from so many people who have told me like I couldn't watch past the first episode because I didn't, I just didn't want to hear about that or see that. So I think it just depends on how much you can stomach. Yeah, my wife couldn't watch it. She told me oh, to watch really? it without her. Yeah, my wife didn't want to watch it. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was, This was one of the shows that I kind of wrote off and then it became popular. And Megan watched the first episode. She told me to, you know, watch it as well. And and I, you know, I was kind of intrigued with the first 20 minutes. But it is it, it is definitely for a certain audience. That's that's for sure. Um, so anyway, I think that's going to be wrapping up our review on Tiger King. Uh, it's on Netflix if you haven't watched it. I guess based on what we said earlier already today, uh, to your discretion whether or not you want to continue it or not. So there's that. But now, Sonica, we want to talk to you and how your career is as a anchor reporter. So uh, first question I have for you is how did you get started with getting involved in this in this industry? Wow, I have been asked that question so many times, and I have to tell you that somewhere in me for most of my life, I just wanted to tell some version of a story. So I wanted to be a writer, and my parents told me that that is not a career. And so I went into the next best option of being able to tell stories, which is journalism, and I wanted to go into print journalism, and my parents told me that that might be a dying industry. And so I said, all right, the TV medium it is. <laughs> so at so at a very young age then that you had this this passion to tell stories yeah did uh and and how did you exactly uh well i guess i already just asked that question uh now i <laughs> i just lost myself here um Matt, you were yeah. getting <laughs> your entire job is listening to anchors and reporters ask questions. Uh, yes. So uh, for those who don't know, because I feel like there is a difference between uh, anchoring and reporting. And so to, to how does that affect how you do your job when you do between the two? Like, how do you do your job when you're anchoring and how you do your job when you're reporting? I think the biggest difference is when you're anchoring a show, you need to know a lot about a lot of different things. Whereas when you're reporting, you need to have a very in-depth knowledge of the actual subject matter that you are assigned to that day. So you approach your work in a different way. So on Saturdays and Sundays when I wake up, it's all about knowing as much as I can about everything that's happening across the entire world, of course, more specifically where we live. Whereas when I'm reporting, like I'm really looking for like the community driven stories, like these tiny little pockets of information that you can share with people. And and you go and search for those stories. It's not it's not is it is it given to you like this is a story you're covering or is you have to seek out these stories when you are reporting? No, we seek out these stories. It's all about the connection you make with with the community. And do you think that that's is that difficult during like is it difficult to do that or is it kind of you get used to it during, you know, the many years you've been doing this? You know, honestly, it's been the easiest since we've been through this COVID-19 pandemic because oh, really? everyone has a story these days. Everyone is going. I mean, this is such an unprecedented event and everyone has their own story to tell. And there are so many different angles of it. And it's so community driven because I feel like what this pandemic has done is kind of take away the other layers of you know, going out all the time or like technology all the time. Like it really has gotten down to a community level. It's almost like we've regressed a certain number of years because there are so many things we can't do. 
And I feel like the community has been affected so much that they're coming up with different ways to adjust to society. It's just, it's 100% over the last couple of weeks, I've been more connected with the community than any other. What's been the most, what's been one of the, one of the most interesting stories you've been working on just, I guess, recently? So I've unfortunately been talking to a lot of people who have lost loved ones to COVID-19 and grief is universal. We all know how we grieve. But grieving under these very strict and weird times is unimaginable unless you've been through it yourself. So, I mean, there are there are hurdles that you would have never thought possible. Like, how do we get the body back to us? Or, oh, my gosh, our loved ones are dying alone. And it's it's just an interesting layer that I don't think we've ever seen to grief before. You know, we've never before seen the importance of face-to-face interaction. Like, how many times in the past month have you thought to yourself, oh, my goodness, I really miss seeing people in person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never think about that. You've never thought before about how how much of a pack animal humans are until this moment. It's almost like we've been taken back to what our roots are. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you feel like, you know, how, how you've been doing your job now has hugely affected now that we're in this pandemic, you know, how, you know, you go out and re- you, you find stories and do reports compared to what you're doing it now. Like, is, are there big differences or just, you know, small differences? There are small differences, I think. I mean, there are differences for sure, but, you know, being an essential business is, you know, part of the press. It's, you still have to go out there. You still have to tell the important news, I think, more so than ever, this is a very strong reminder as to why journalism is so important, especially local news, because mm-hmm. you know what's going on in our time. But I think that this pandemic is going to change every industry. But I think in terms of journalism, all it's done is brought us back to the quintessential essence of journalism at its core. Right. It's just informing people. Interesting. Um, so, so before- go ahead. Uh, before the pandemic, you were supposed to cover the 2020 Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> so could you talk to us about like just kind of getting ready for that and how that's changed through the pandemic? Oh, my gosh. It's so heartbreaking, isn't it? It's so heartbreaking, not just for me, because, you know, I wanted to go to Japan and I wanted to experience that culture and I wanted to be there for the Olympics. And it's so historic, but it's so heartbreaking talking to all of these athletes. And there are such a variation of athletes. There are some athletes who... This was going to be their last Olympics. They're they're getting older and they've already been to their fair share or maybe, you know, this was their last chance at making it to the Olympics. And you train all year long for this opportunity. And so many people now are questioning whether or not next year, next summer, will they still be in the same shape? And then you have these other Olympians who weren't quite ready yet to go to the Olympics this year, but now they have another year to train and have another opportunity. So is it more exciting for them? And I just think it's equal parts heartbreaking and exciting for different athletes, depending on who you ask. But I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough for these athletes that I've spoken to who have trained for so long and really expected to be able to show up and show out in Japan. And I mean, who would have thought this was going to happen to the Olympics? This has never happened since World War II. Right. It's crazy. So And, and so like, how, how, what were you doing to prepare for that, like before we, we, you know, the pandemic started, like, were you 
I know you were supposed to be traveling to different places to get to interview people. So explain what were you preparing to do? And then now what are you still still covering those stories since it's now a year away? So the biggest the biggest thing in the month leading up to the Olympics is making connections with our local athletes and checking in with them. How's training going? OK, you made it as part of the Team USA. How are you feeling? What are you doing now? There was a huge media summit that was supposed to happen in Los Angeles. Once that was canceled, I think, you know, that the media summit was canceled long before the announcement that the Olympics were being canceled. And once that right. happened, I think all athletes and um, journalists in the country were like, hmm, well, if they're canceling this, that's kind of a red flag as to what may happen in the future. So I still, I've compiled all of the athletes that have already qualified. You know, the Olympics, um, IOC, International Olympic Committee, has already said that everyone who's already qualified will still go next year. So we'll still compile all of the athletes and we'll keep adding to the pile. But yeah, we were, we were making a lot of local connections, trying to get in touch with them. I know a lot of Olympians now are just trying to keep training, but not as intensely. And so are you still keeping up to date with them now, or that's kind of been put on the back burner for a little bit since now we got a whole year from now. Well, all of these athletes are still training. So we're right. still an eye on them I mean they're still doing some good work they still need to keep in shape but you know now that it's another year away I know that some of these athletes are taking their training down a little bit so we'll, we'll also be you know letting off on the gas but a little bit and turning to some more important news like reopening the economy and you know right. how rebound from all of this there are some things that are a little bit higher priority right now but still definitely keeping an eye out uh, with all, there's a lot of, you know, obviously horrible news out there. Have you been reporting anything good since all this happened? Yeah. Have you guys noticed that the community has come together and almost reached out to each other in a very like 1950s sort of way, mm-hmm. for lack of a better description? I mean, you know, like I've seen kids playing outside and like drawing chalk artwork. When was the last time you walked out <laughs> and seen chalk artwork? I mean, that's something from the 90s that like we did when we were growing up. I think all those kind of stories are just so heartwarming because at our core, like we're still humans. We still care about each other. And I think now more than ever, everyone who's volunteering and like sewing masks for people, everyone who's giving to our local healthcare workers, all of those stories are wonderful. And just such a great reminder. Agreed. There was a story that I read. Uh, actually, it wasn't a story. It was just a photo on Facebook someone put out. And in the description, it said that it, he was so happy that the board game section of the, whatever store he was at was completely empty. And the way that he perceived, the way he saw it was like, these are families getting together and in their homes playing these board games. And like, again, some people, board games were not a popular item to have in your household. But now, since everyone's stuck at home, this is what you have. And I thought it was a really nice, wholesome thing to to think about as well. I mean, there is a lot of bad in this, but there are some good. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people are coming out to the community and like trying to support local businesses as well as mm-hmm. local restaurants mm-hmm. um, because they are going out of business and they're at least they're in, in danger of going out of business. And so like instead of going to the, the, the biggest fast food chains, they're going to local restaurants so they can support them. And all those local restaurants are, you know, implementing the drive through and and order a line or, or call ahead and stuff like that. So I thought that it's another good thing to see in the midst of all this bad around us. Oh, there's so much good too. The, the uh, decreasing amount of pollution in our skies. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I kind of want to see, I wish there were more stories out about that. It's like, we, I want to see more video or pictures about that. 
Yes, I, 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 I agree with you, Ernesto. I think more needs to be said and shown about the positive things that have happened in the world. Not to make this political, but like, obviously, pollution is bad. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah right. no, but no matter which point. way, no, you know, I mean. Point. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Was one of the first things they said was after a few days, Italy started seeing dolphins in the canals. Yeah. That's crazy. Dolphins in the canals. You can now see like Everest in the Himalayas. Like you can see all of these wondrous natural beauties a little bit more now because smog is starting to clear. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that if you're not in the field, like you're doing a lot of like uh, online interviews, Sonica, is, is that yeah. safe to assume? Yeah, a bunch of Skype interviews, kind of like you guys are doing. Right, yeah. Uh, do you see that now becoming maybe the direction of a possible future of how you're going to be conducting more interviews in the future like that? Like, because now it almost felt like you had to have a certain level of uh, like, what's, what's the word? Um, like a you have to like present like it has to be like in certain HD and a certain a quality level a production value uh, to when you see stuff on TV. But now since everyone understands that we're in the pandemic, the quality has gone down, but it's understanding. So do you feel like that could be people are going to be more forgiving in the future? Or do you think that you could be doing your job maybe a little bit more differently now when we're on the other side of this? I think it's a great option. I think that it's enlightened a lot of uh, news industry experts to the fact that, hey, this is not the worst thing in the world if we do Skype interviews. But I think there's also something to be said about high production value. And when things start opening up again, if between two interviews, like if one channel had an interview over Skype and then the other channel had an interview in person, you would still rather see the in-person interview because we still value face-to-face interaction more than we would over a computer screen. And then it, you know, it, it, it becomes worst case scenario. Yeah. Skype is great. But I I don't think there's going to be anything to be face-to-face interaction and face-to-face interviews and that kind of emotion that you get from people. So, so so you think that, that we're, we would automatically just go back to that way and not too much changing in how we do this. Oh, well, I think that we've changed the way that we interact with people (laughs) for a long, long time. Okay. in, in terms of what people would value in this industry, I think ultimately face-to-face interactions would be key, especially when you're talking about important news. You know, right. you want to see people in person. And it I just means interview, more to yeah. people. Right. I think any, any, any interview is better in yeah. person. Like, even now, I would, as I love, this has been a, you know, we're having a great time, but I think we would have been, obviously, we would have much been preferred to making fun of Matt's posters on his walls <laughs> sitting in his apartment. <laughs> I've heard so much about these posters over the past couple of years. I finally saw one in person, Thor Ragnarok right above your head. Not a bad yeah. one, too. No, exactly. Right. I'll move the camera over so you can see that's uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> the next one? Yeah, you can see the next one. It's uh, Spider-Man Homecoming there. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of in the corner. There's a there's a cabinet there, so you can't maybe have a hard time seeing it. But either way, it's there. And uh, there's also more on my left. There, I'm also staring in front of them. Yeah, it's definitely. You can uh, ask Adrian. When Adrian was there, he got, a, he got the full effect. <laughs> I can only imagine what Adrian had to say about that. <laughs> I think he like walked in. He was like, "All right, <laughs> he right. Said, all right. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought it was going to be." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the best reaction I got from these posters was when there was an electrical fire at my apartment, and 
<laughs> we'll get there. We'll get into the to the part in a second. But I had to call the firefighters, the fire department, to get to here to the so they open the door and they're like they're like all right, where's the fire? Like what the hell? <laughs> this guy like judged by the fire department. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, do you live alone? <laughs> You know, you know, it's funny. I was I was home alone at the time. It's like, oh, your like, girlfriend's away on business, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. It would have been worse if Megan had been there and they just automatically assumed she was a roommate, not yeah. her girlfriend. Just your sister on your wall, is right? Is sister. Your sister okay. <laughs> Megan was in town, so she came after the uh, the fire department. But yeah, no, I instantly got like once. The, 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 you know, they, they solved the, where the electrical fire came from and it wasn't that severe and everything was okay. They were instant, like, all right, now let's go back to these posters. I think <laughs> you're like, do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Megan is a good sport. Yeah, no, she is. She clearly sure. loves you. <laughs> yeah. Ernesto, would your wife let you put up all these posters along your house? No. That's, that's, she goes, when we move into our new house, uh, eventually she's like you can put them up in your office she mm-hmm. goes you know because i have a, i actually have a bunch of comic book posters and stuff but i put them in the kit i put them in the boys room in my my son's rooms i just put them up in there so i just live vicariously through them <laughs> that's a great outlet yeah exactly bedroom. yeah exactly <laughs> i would say my biggest mistake though is that i started too big these are uh 27 by 40 posters so they're pretty big and they just keep making Marvel movies. <laughs> I felt like I should have either started with another franchise that didn't continue like yearly. Maybe eight or, by 11. Would have yeah, been yeah or I should have started smaller. <laughs> yeah. But, but Meg and I have talked about, you know, and it, it, it heartbreaks me to have to do this because I spent a long time trying to get it to this area. But we have talked about getting smaller posters and that means and then we kind of measured out and how big our wall is and all the posters can fit on one wall if they are a certain size and so then it's only covering one wall instead of the entire living room so that has been in in the talk so these might these might go down sooner than you think or you can just deem your apartment the Stanley era apartment, <laughs> and then like Ooh. see the movies that Stanley was part of that's have very that. true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, don't I didn't think, think about that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, Sonica. Yeah, I'm going to get better for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring this up next time we have this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Megan, it's the Stanley era. What are you... Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't care. I know that's how these movies are going to be remembered, ultimately. Like, they're never going to stop making Marvel movies, but I think there is going to be sort of a hierarchy, like, oh, these are the Stanley movies. Like, this is yeah. the Stanley era. And then the rest yeah. of these different the golden age of marvel films right <laughs> absolutely um uh, going back talking about you we got sidetracked here uh oh. <laughs> yeah, as we uh, do. <laughs> as we yes uh if anyone anyone's listening right now who are inspired to be a reporter and anchor want to get involved with the news what what can you tell them to inspire them to be to be here um you know Just just take every opportunity that comes your way. I mean, you guys also work in the same industry. You, I, I'm sure we have so many interns that come in the building every single year, and it's just about all the opportunities you make the most of. You know, journalism is not a glamorous industry. You have to really love what you do, and you have to love the message behind 
journalism and you have to understand most of the time people don't love you, but you know, you're also protected by the constitution. Like what, like these days, there are some people who go into the journalism industry just wanting to be on TV. Right. But those, it's not going to last. So like really, really think to yourself, like, is it worth it? Why am I going into this industry? If it's actually to help the community and to spread community stories, then great. And then jump into every opportunity you possibly can. All right. It's and not you can make a lot on YouTube. I'm sorry, is that the last part again? It's not you can make a lot on YouTube. Oh, you can make a lot on YouTube. Right, all right. That's if that's your avenue you want to go down. That's a good point. Right. Uh, and then lastly, what's your favorite movie and or TV show and why? It, it's an and or question. Yeah, it, it could be yeah. either or. It can be either or. Okay. Well, I, I need some guidance on this because it depends, okay. on what we're, it depends on what we're asking. Is it like, what TV show can you never get tired of watching? What TV show do you think is the most impactful? What TV show? It's whatever, it's whatever, you, whatever, whatever you, whatever your personal definition, whatever, whatever speaks to you. Like when I say favorite, like what, what comes to your mind? The Office and Friends. Okay. okay. Office, I can't. I've never watched a single episode of Friends. What? But I've watched The Office, okay? I've watched The Office. You've never watched a single episode of Friends? Ever. I don't know. Why you're she's for those of you who can't see, she's looking at me. She's shocked. Yeah, I'm getting a look right now. Yeah, you are. I I mean, like you lived, you lived through the '90s. Like, how have you never like there was no time in your life where you accidentally turned on the TV and it was happened to be on NBC Thursday night and you like grab a glimpse of it? Wow. Like, okay, I don't know. It's just it never piqued my interest. But I, but I mean, it's out there, so it's not. I can always rectify that. It it'll be there eventually. It's gonna be like La La Land. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ernesto, I, I agree with you about La La Land. Friends is not like La La Land. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't want to say it, not to step on your show. What I meant was that, like, for me, it's like. <laughs> wow. Nah, just, keep going. I, don't know, I gotta dig myself out of this hole. Yeah, go ahead, you go want ahead. a shovel to help you do this faster? <laughs> like La La Land. Please. No, not not. What I mean is like I have I have to be in the mood and then I will watch it. I don't I don't understand how you understand half the memes that are out there today because there have to be like so many friends memes out there that you've just no. like kind of nodding through. I ask I I'll, if I don't get it I'll, I'll ask somebody or I'll, or I just assume that it's from something from the show. What's the one I see all the time? Uh, the pivot. Oh, it's a great episode. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you're hurting my soul. Yeah. <laughs> this is very disappointing. I'm sorry. Is there this... any, do you have a movie? Do you have a favorite movie as well or no? No, I think it just depends on the mood. I mean, if we're going with all time favorite movie, like we're going to go with my three-year-old self's favorite movie, which is Swan Princess. And that's just... It's not even a Disney movie. It's Warner Brother Animation. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> the Swan Princess. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Um, I think you must have. It's it's the animated version of Swan Lake. Yeah. The Swan Princess. I'm looking. At, oh, I see it. 1994. Uh, it's, it stars any any notable 
No. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any. Yeah, when you watch it, when you watch things as a kid, you don't watch for the actors. Right. <laughs> I watched it because of Swan turned into a woman. Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I will say Lion King was one of my favorite movies. And the live action version of Lion King broke my heart in so many ways. I can't oh, even. We- we, we had a very long discussion about this when we were at work, Sonic. I remember this conversation. It was atrocious to watch that film. I never saw it. I still have yet to see it. And don't no, even bother. Don't. Don't. Yeah. I, I would not recommend seeing it. It won't do anything except make you angry. There was nothing wrong with the original Lion King. So, like, that live action Lion King, that's like La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got out of it. Got Damn. myself Um, all right, so Swamp Princess. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, all right, well, Sonica, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Uh, we really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day and talking about movies with us. And Thanks for having me. We loved having you on. Thank you for dealing with us. Hopefully we can have you back on in a traditional setting. Yes. You know. I would love that. Ernesto, it's always a pleasure. Matt, pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> See, even though I messed up, Matt, I'm still good. <laughs> I'm just on the head of you, Matt. Yeah, always. It's never. It's that's never the. Yeah, I'm never. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> I will say that when Matt and I used to work the same shift, used to do a lot of Hangman. We played Hangman a lot, and there was a lot of movie titles, mm-hmm. and. I never guessed one of them. <laughs> I'm very honored that you guys asked me to even be a part of this, considering Matt was always very aware that I did not know a lot about movies. Hey, you don't have to know a lot about movies, but you still bring great movie conversation, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you on the socials? Sonica Dongay TV is my standard username for any social media platform you can think of. There you go. All right, there it is. And uh, if you want more from us, you can follow box office underscore bingers on Instagram. We do uh, most recently, we just did new to stream Fridays where you can check out all the new stuff that's coming out that day on that Friday. Um, you can also look at the top 10 on Netflix. Uh, we we're now doing uh, top recommendations on various streaming services. So we just put out uh, our top picks for Netflix and later throughout the week and the next week we'll put out our other top picks for various streaming services. So if you're stuck at home, you, you know, look at our page and you'll find something to watch. Um, but that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Sonica, for coming on the show. I've been Matt Diaz. I've been Ernesto Santos. See you. Thank you. See you.